0: Question today. Where do you learn to make a banana split? Where do you learn to make a banana split? In a restaurant. It's restaurant. a good spot. How about Sunday school? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sunday with an E. All right. Sunday with an E. <laughs> All right. Couple of announcements. Um, in the bulletin, it does say uh, November Did I get that right? October. It says October uh, 30th for the uh, backpacks, and that is correct. So, trunk or treat. I'm sorry. We won't do backpacks yet. (laughs) Trunk or treat. So, that's Saturday, uh, the day before Halloween. So, and I think it's going to be from 2 to 4 o'clock but um, that afternoon. So uh, but maybe kind of block off at least one to four o'clock in case we make a change there. But um, it should be right around that afternoon, Saturday afternoon. So if you can keep that open and uh, get ready to come and we'll have some fun with a lot of kids, I'm sure, and a lot of candy. So if you like candy, come on, we can probably sneak you some. So uh, um, another announcement, we had a men's meeting last night with uh, Evert and um, we talked about being in being refined getting getting burned being in there how it's not fun but uh how the uh silversmith sits there and he watches the fire kind of like god and he has that silver in there and they say it can't be in there too long but it can't be in there too short a time it's just right and the silversmith would tell you when it's done is when he can see his reflection in that silver is when it's purified so that's god right looking at us when he can see the reflection in us maybe we can get out of that fire so it was a good word, good word. Food was all all right, I guess, but it was a good word. So. <laughs> Food made or the uh, word made up for it, right, Everett? <laughs> but that was a good time. Um, I don't think we really have any other announcements. Just remember Wednesday night, Bible study here at the church. And then, of course, the uh, old ladies retreat. We do need to make an announcement. Um, as you know, a lot of the ladies are going to be gone. Here at the church service on uh, Sunday, that'll be October 2nd um that's so october 3rd uh that sunday I'll, the service would be at 10:30 a.m we won't have sunday school that morning and uh so come at 10:30, and that'll be the time of um the pastor he wasn't sure what all they'll do and he, i think he talked about leading a dance class but we'll see what you guys do we'll see what you all do that morning but uh worship would be at 10:30, so just uh make a note of that we'll announce it again next week and um We're going to have a a little devotion here this morning. Um, We're back kind of into giving and faith, and uh, today we're going to tie in with prayer uh, and faith. So I think we have a slide for this one, if you guys can find it back there. But uh, we'll be looking at Mark 11 and 24. It says, when you pray and ask for something, believe that you have received it, and you will be given whatever you ask for. Now, we talked about earlier... um, I' don't know, probably a few weeks ago anyway about how we need to line ourselves up with God, right when we ask we need to be in god's will he's he'll, he'll supply our needs. This doesn't just mean we think we need a thou or uh, whatever the finance a million dollars you ask for God and he's going to give you a million dollars. It's not necessarily saying that, but well, we're going to look at this maybe um, with a different thought than what you've had before, but uh we're going to talk about asking. And actually, giving thanks um, before, so giving thanks to God in advance of receiving something. So, you might think, wait a minute, I've got to thank God in advance before I can get something. And yes, we can do that, right? We if we thank God after we've got it, it's called gratitude. If you give someone thanks afterwards, and gratitude is great, right? We need to give gratitude as well. But we can also give thanks. Before and that would be faith right if we're thanking, then we're believing that it's coming And that's our ultimate goal, right? We want to become people who are deeper in faith So oh, a way we can do that is to thank god in advance So if I handed you a check right now for a thousand dollars You would probably say thank you right immediately if probably wouldn't wait till you went and cashed it Maybe you should but you probably wouldn't you'd probably say thank you, Right but the money's not actually yours until you cash it, right? You don't have the money. All you got is that check, that piece of paper, and it's like a promise. That check is just like a promise. So when, and that's like how God's word is, right? He's promised he'll supply our needs. So, but you'd say thank you, believing that I was credible, believing that I had enough money in the bank to actually cover that $1,000 check. Well, in the same way, faith is thanking God in advance. It's believing That what God has promised, he is going to provide. We're we're saying, God, uh, we love you um, for who you are, not just what you can give, of course, and what you do for us. But it's showing that we we trust him. And he's going to do what he said he would do, which is supply our needs. There's a story in the Bible in Matthew uh, 9. And I don't have those verses. We won't read it. It's it's the story of a couple of blind men who followed Jesus to the home where he was staying. And they were shouting at him to have mercy upon them. And uh, Jesus asked them if they had faith that he, that he could heal them. And they answered that, yes, they did. They believed. And what did Jesus say to them? He said, because of your faith, yes, it will happen. You'll be healed, right? It was going to take place. So I heard it put like this, with faith. You might like this. If God tells you to go after Moby Dick in a rowboat, Take the tartar sauce with you, because you are going to have a big fish fry, right? <laughs> there you go. Georgia liked that one. That'd be his fishing story. So <laughs> if you're going after Moby Dick, take the tartar sauce with you. But uh, oh, a few questions. We'll end with just a few questions here to think about. Um, I think we do have a slide for those. But think about some of the common phrases that you use in your prayer, and do they actually reflect reflect faith in God? Are you questioning more in your prayer, or are you reflecting faith? So think about some of the phrases you use when you pray. How would your perspective and attitude change if you truly believed God was going to provide what you asked for? And then how would your prayers change if you were truly praying in faith? So there's a few thoughts for you in uh, to do with prayer. Next week, we'll uh, tie faith and giving together. That'll probably be the last a um, little devotion we have on that, but uh, and it's a good one, too, a couple stories that we'll share of, of uh, faith and um, God uh, testing, I guess, uh, another pastor I heard speak about it, testing his faith to actually announce what he was going to do to the church before, and it was something he didn't have to take care of, but he stepped out in faith and did it, and it's, it's a pretty good story, but we'll share that next week with you. But if you would, stand this morning. We'll have a time of prayer as we get ready to go into worship here this morning. Does anyone have any requests they need to make mention? Anything? Nothing? No, let's obviously continue to pray for for the country and things taking place. Let's remember to pray for that. Um, I know there's a few people around with some colds and different things going on so let's remember them pastors a little under the weather with cold fighting that so there's another one pj remember pj <laughs> all right unspoken requests raise your hands yes god knows each one all right let's pray this morning god we come to you at this time lord and thanking you god for um, another opportunity to gather together god to be here today to study and Learn, God, what you have for us, God, and and, we just thank you for this time. uh, Thank you for uh, what you're doing and how you're moving and working, God, in each of our lives, Lord. We know that you know each heart, each person here today, what each one needs. We ask that you would be with them in a special way this morning, God. Those that need a healing touch, Lord, help strengthen them. God, we thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. We could have a couple of ushers come up. We'll receive this morning's offering. All right. I think this is third Sunday. Is that right? Third Sunday. Okay. So it's the church expense offering oh i could announce too i don't know if everybody knows that the uh we should be praying for uh the new overseer um took a a fall he was supposed to be speaking friday night i guess at a at a, a spanish service but he fell and uh has broke his foot so and they think he'll probably have to have surgery coming up here sometime. so you might remember him during the week as you're praying and, um, and that god would help touch him but uh um as far as the offering goes this morning, it is a uh, third Sunday, so it'll be a church expense. So if you need it to go for something else, mark it on the envelope or on the check, and it will. So let's pray again. God, we thank you again, Lord, for this time, God, and this opportunity to give. God, we just ask that you'll uh, bless this offering, God, multiply it, that you'll be with uh, Uh, the gift and the givers, God, and those that don't have to give, God, that you would bless them and and, uh, just help each one of us and uh, help supply the needs here at the church, God. We thank you for what you've been doing and continue to do in your name. Amen.
1: In hearing the announcement about how many folks are going to be gone to our ladies' retreat, it kind of looks like there's going to be very few men left here, and maybe a lucky lady or two like Sister Molly, uh, who may have to sing a special song for us that day, by the way. And, um, I, uh, Brother George, would you be able to sing that day? No, no, no.
2: Well, that's one blessing, and I won't be
1: able to sing either that day. But, uh, there will be some type of service here, and we will, I think Brother Harold said we have started at 1030 and uh, I'm just wondering if they, uh, since he's the uh, man in charge of the PowerPoint and all the electronics down there at Branson, don't you feel sorry for Brother Harold having to yeah. go down there amongst all those ladies and, uh, and having his wife with him? And uh, it's, They might figure out a way to uh, stream the worship service from down there to here that day. But uh, I don't know if they have the uh, means to do that or not. And if you... I'm not adjusting my coat, by the way. I'm adjusting my chair back here. I'm getting it just right for me. I would like to mention to all of us that we we live and work for the Lord. There isn't any greater cause for any of us in our lives than for the Lord Jesus Christ to be lifted up. Bible commandment by the way. And In the instructions from Peter, when he uttered those words in the book of Acts, he said, And will draw all men unto him. I've often thought about that verse, and we do a lot of things with that verse. I mean, even in our retreats, or in our backpack efforts, or... The dinners we have had, we have talked about the fact of lifting lifting Jesus up and drawing all men unto him. And sometimes we maybe do not see the results that we think we ought to see. But perhaps we're seeing results that we do not know of. There is nothing more disappointing when you go to hit the ball and you strike out. That is not a thing that causes people to stand up and cheer unless you're on the other side, cheering for the other team that causes the strike out, the enemy. We want to see, and like to see, visible results of everything that we do. That's just natural. And I'm going to talk a little bit about fruit today. And I'm going to talk about sometimes the the visible isn't always the part that is most enjoyable, but nevertheless it brings results. You see the title of the presentation this morning, The Visible Fruits of the Spirit Are. And my scripture text is from Galatians chapter 5, Verse 22 and 23, where the Bible declares that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And I ask the Lord to bless to the Holy Ghost, the anointing of his word today. These beautiful words were penned by the Apostle Paul to the church of Galatia and talking to them about things that may not necessarily fill the building And if you notice the nature of the fruit that he's talking about, it's not going to fill the stomach or it's not going to be uh, canned like in home canning. And it's not going to be put in the freezer. It's not that type of fruit. The word fruit comes from the Greek word, and actually it comes from the Hebrew word as well, karpos, which is spelled K-A-R-P-O-S-T. And this word means gathering of things to devour nourishment, enjoyment. Harvest, K-A-R-P-O-S-T. And I've studied that word over the years many times. And I almost pronounce it correctly. I don't have the accent to get it just exactly right. But it's a beautiful word meaning fruit. And it is related to the harvest. It is related to the things that Jesus actually has sought among his people that they bear not only in their life in the form of works and their actions, but it's also something that is exercised so that men can see what the fruits of the Spirit are. It is obviously not thought that when you do something that it is out of love, that you have a digital display that says, that was love. But somehow or another, that love is felt. When someone experiences and expresses joy, inward joy, outward joy, there's not a digital display that goes on that says that was joy. It's not announced, it's not experienced in any way that people will say, oh, that, that way, if you think about it, did you see that? That was love. Well, it's, it's not done in that way necessarily, but people feel the effects of love, joy. They feel the effects of peace, long suffering, gentle. Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against us, there is no law, all of a and, tr- and so it is. These are visible things, but yet they're not labeled as such. They are experienced as such. The visible fruit of the Spirit is the outgoing process of you and I and those that love the Lord expressing their love and actions in the Lord for the glory of Lord. And Paul said there is just no way that we can put a law on that and say when it's enough. He said against such there is no law. You do not Hold it back. And I'm going to refer to a set of scriptures in the book of Micah, chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. And I have, uh, according to my records, I have used this set of scriptures uh, four different times in the ten years that I have been here. Perhaps I will use them in a different context today, but nevertheless, you may recognize it. The scripture says, Woe is me, for I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits, as the great gleanings of the vintage, there is no cluster to eat. My soul desireth the first ripe fruit. The good man is perished out of the earth, and there is none upright among men. They all lie in wait for blood. They hunt every man his brother with a net. That they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asketh and the judge asketh for reward, And the great man, he uttereth his mischievous desire, and so they wrap it up. The best of them is as a briar. The most upright is sharper than a thorn. The best of them is sharper than a thorn hedge. The day of thy watchman and thy visitation cometh. Now shall be their perplexity. Trust you not in a friend. Put you not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. For the son dishonoreth the father. The daughter riseth up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. There's a lot, and I have over the years myself, presented many types of sermons from this particular scripture, as it has many things in it that talks about the conditions of the world, but it all stems from the fact that there is no fruit, and that is verse 1, and I will make reference to that verse again, and it begins with a phrase that is truly a, a, well, it's just very significant, And it is the perplexity of all Christian mankind when this is the example that is being set by Christians. Woe is me. There is a problem, Houston. There is a problem, Washington, D.C. There is a problem, Cleveland, Tennessee. There's a problem wherever your thoughts might go in relation to something of that name, of that magnitude of Christendom not being effective like it should. What is the problem? What is the problem? Well, the prophet said Woe when there is no summer fruits. If you have ever experienced, and I had one situation where I experienced this one time when I was traveling to Rolla, Missouri, and uh, that area through there, which is uh, blessed and with many uh, areas of grape vineyards, I. I love going through there at the appropriate time of the year. And uh, in all the years that i traveled, my wife and I travel as overseer and wife in the state of Missouri, we would look at these great vineyards and during the time that they would be open, we would uh, stop our vehicle along the interstate, which they allowed. And we would stop and go into the grape uh, vineyard uh, areas and uh, buy grapes, and uh, with the thought that we was going to buy so many that we was going to take home some that would uh, we could can or put up in fruit juice or something. We, we we were really liars when we did that because we would nibble on these grapes until. Usually, they were all gone before we got home and uh, had uh, the lips to prove it, I guess. But uh, we love grapes, Concord grapes is what they were. And uh, you that know about grapes understand how a person can like them. But I remember one year. I was going through there, and I didn't have my wife with me, and I thought, I'll get them all to myself today. And as I went through that area, the grape vineyard places were all closed. It wasn't time for the grapes. It was either before or after. I don't remember now what it was. And I understand the expression here, woe is me, for I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits, the great gleaning, gleanings of the vintage, there is no cluster to eat, my soul desires the first ripe fruit. I understand that verse of Scripture in the physical sense, to tell you the truth. However, this is a spiritual application. That is being mentioned here. This is talking about things that are going on in the world. Think about it. That good people don't exist everywhere. There's no upright people among men. We're looking at verses 2 and 3. They lie in wait. They hunt every man's brother with a net. It's dog-eat-dog, as the expression goes. They do evil with both hands. I mean, there, there's just no restraint upon these people. And the prince, and this is talking about the government levels, If the prince asks for a reward, the judge asks for a reward. The wealthy, the great man, he uttereth mischievous desires, and they just all wrap, well, the scripture says they wrap it up in verse 3. They agree to it in spirit and mind. And and so goes the evil of the world. It, it happens not only not only in the government level, but it talks about the fact that you find that in the households of man, for instance, in verse uh, 6, the son... Does not honor his father. Daughter rises up against her mother-in-law. The man's enemies are the people of his own house. What can a person do when everything is existing that is going to be evil? Where is the fruit from God's people? the prophet, as he wrote these words, he said, I must, verse 7, I must look unto the Lord. I must wait for the God of my salvation. Surely my God will hear me. So it is a very difficult time that Christians who are sought by the Lord bought in the price paid by Jesus Christ himself to bear the fruit that will cause men to look unto Jesus himself. We sometimes I think it's not fair when I hear some of the news items and see some of the situations that exist in this world. God's people truly, are being put to a test. There are things going on that you know don't even make the headlines. Insurance uh, companies and insurance providers—they are constantly changing their rules and regulations, and it makes us harder on people, more difficult. We find that. It's more difficult to even get things that are for our well-being. It is a difficult thing. And we find that God's people oftentimes are paying the penalty for this in one way or another. But there is something that is never changing. Something that is there for us at all times. And Jesus uttered these words in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. And I would like for you to notice these words. Let me wet my lips just a little bit. We are talking about fruit. And Jesus is talking about the productivity of fruit. And he's talking about how that this fruit can. You're familiar with this scripture. Not a new scripture to any of us. When he says, I am the true vine. And my father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit. He taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit. He purges it, that it may bring forth fruit. Now you are clean to the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You see, it's never expected that we stop bearing fruit. But this is how you continue to bear fruit. Except it abide in me, no more can you, except you abide in me. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you could do nothing. If a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. And it's it's withered, men gather them, cast them into the fire, and they're burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Folks, there is a way in which we, as children of God, can be fruit-bearing children of God, men and women, and that is abiding in the Lord. No, there does not have to be a digital display when an act of love is done, for you see, that love will have its effect. There is not going to be a digital display when an act of joy is expressed. It's not going to happen that way. But the effects of the fruit are great. One of the greatest in the natural fruit producers that we have in the local church is Brother George and Sister Beverly, as they bring the fruits of their harvest to the local church, and uh, this year something has happened to the apples, and we no longer have apples to cook, and uh, the trees did not bear down there, but thank goodness for those tomatoes that have come from down there. I have personally enjoyed the tomatoes. I, I slice them up with a a couple eggs and throw a little gravy on it. And boy, I'm, I'm just delirious with happiness over that type of meal. It's a goodwill. And my wife, uh, she, uh, she will actually take a tomato and slice it up and make a sandwich out of it. And uh, which includes bread and, and mayonnaise, good stuff. And I, I I don't care if they're ragged looking or not. I know how to cut the rags out. And we enjoy them very, very much. The fruit you see will have its effect. It doesn't have to be labeled. It doesn't have to be more glamorous than another person's efforts, But it has to be from those that love the Lord and are grafted into the vine that Jesus is. And that he puts his blessings upon. Going back to the story of the conditions of the world, as Micah was expressing them, were the many enemies of, his, of one's own house. That the, you never know who's the backstabber. Your own family turns against you. It's a wicked world that we live in. But fruit is going to be the thing that will change the world. Jesus' word has got to go out from our lives in a form of truth, joy, love, peace, long-suffering, all these many things. And I love the eighth verse of Micah chapter 7, verse 8. And this is a very important verse of Scripture. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, when I fall. Read it with me. I shall arise when I set in darkness. The Lord shall be a light unto me. O thank the Lord. O blessed be the name of the Lord. And bless be... The children of God, yes, even the children of God that are here today, as we abide in the branch for the blessing and the spiritual flow of His Spirit to our very beings to be fruit bearers. Thank the Lord. Uh, Oh, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand. And ask and pray, and if you will, ask the Lord to be with us in a special way. We want to please Him. We want to be fruit bearers. Oh, thank the Lord. Shall we pray together? Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us today. Oh, blessed be your holy and righteous name. Lord, we want to be the fruit bearers. Lord, we want to carry the fruit of love, joy, peace, long suffering, joy to the lost and dying world. Father, in the name of Jesus we're praying. We thank you, dear Lord. We thank you, dear Lord. We honor you, Lord, today. Praise the good Lord. Praise the good Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The visible fruit, let us go and bear the visible fruit. Fruit. Amen. We're dismissed.